From Phoenix to London. From L.A. to around the world. This is The Ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle, Ray Ellis, and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Check one two, check one two, check one two. Check one two. Yes, you went to Ohio here. State. Can't, can't, you went to Ohio State. The, can't you can't always agree? get that right, please. The Ohio State University. Oh, the Ohio, the Ohio State University. I will scold University. you each time so you do check that. Check one wrong. two. What comes after two? The Ohio State. What University. comes after two? We, the Ohio you don't even State. know. That's all that comes. You Ohio State. That's what happens when you go to Ohio. Hey, the you Ohio listen State. to Rail of Sports yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. And my my headphones have a little bit of vibration in it. Because your head's vibrating. That's why. Can you? Can you? You got a vibration in is your there, head. Is, is, that, that, is that your brain moving around in there? Is, is everything okay? I don't know. My, I'm not vibrating. I well, like. Uh, I like to be vibrating on something else, but not with my head. A PG we won't, show. I know it's a PG show. Listen. Okay. Anybody want to call in? They can call in as always, and that number is eight six six. Four seven two four seven two five seven five seven eight 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 eight. I sound really distorted. I yeah. think we have an engineer, Larry, the engineer. Let's go kick his butt, Larry. Yeah, I told you there's something wrong with the headphones. Larry, hey, how many? Have you got a chance to look at NFL.com? You know they. they oh, who's that chick over there? <laughs> yeah, new chicks. Like, these girls are popping up all over the place. Oh, I can't okay, walk in this place. Those are called I, distractions. They are just dist- Yeah, she's. Yeah. See, I'm looking at her. I can't even think. I can't. No, I don't even know what I'm doing now because I'm looking at her. And, look you, at and, her. She, and she keeps it up too. Well, look see, at that. we got to focus. No pun intended. Okay. Let's focus. Let's focus, focus on the on fact what? that uh, you know next week we're gonna have a very very exciting show. And and why is that right? And that is because a real live general manager will be on the show with us. Really? Yes. A real life the general wizard, manager of a football team? The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. Ozzy Newsom. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening out there to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, next week we will have Ozzy Newsom, the general so manager in other words, of the in other Baltimore words, Ravens. In other words, tell your friends that Ozzy Newsom, a general manager of a major professional football team, will be on the air with us. So you can ask all kind of questions, and I will definitely, on the MySpace, go after the Baltimore Raven fans so they can call in and find out what the Ravens are going to do this year, and Ozzy will be on the hot seat. And you know what? He, he may be on the hot seat, but guess what? Uh, you know what? Also, if you look out there at <laughs> NFL.com, NFL.com, just like Oprah, we beat you. This show has come <laughs> up with the concept of having a GM on our show, and you can call it a mock draft or whatever you want to, because there's also a chance that we may have some people from the fantasy football world who also may be joining us, and they may get an opportunity to ask Ozzy Newsom what it's really like. And they may have some questions about, hey, uh, what goes into the thought process of you making that choice? Yeah, but he doesn't play fantasy. He plays for real. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly Those right. guys will be when the he screws guys. Up, when he screws up, he screws up. In fantasy, it's just like, oh, okay, I made a mistake. Well, do you think but he, he pays for the mistake, though. So do you think he, he screwed up? What do you think? No, I don't know. I didn't. No, I didn't say that. I'm just saying about fantasy football versus the real thing. When, you think uh, the Ravens uh, been screwing up? Yeah, uh, oh yeah. Over the last day, you know, they got rid of uh, that coach. What was his name? Well, regardless, of, he's no. He doesn't make any difference to them anymore. He's gone. He's, he's gone. That's he's, what I said. What is his name? He's uh, he's out of here. He's gone. What could you know? Who cares? They let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. That type of thing. Goodbye, no, we don't. No, nah, nah, we don't. We don't talk about. He's that. the guy. He's the coach who basically played quarterbacks all the time. All the, the different quarterbacks. They never settled down to a quarterback. A real quarterback, all the time. One quarterback. It was always a different quarterback. With the Ravens? Yeah. That was one of the problems offensively. I think Ozzy will take care of that issue. Well, I'll tell you what. Since he's friends uh, with you. Well, I'll tell you and what. I know how you operate. It, well, I operate like, yeah. like everybody else. I want to win. You want to win? And most of those teams out there, you know, they do want to win. They're doing what they can in the, in the offseason to, to try to make sure they make the right moves. 
in free agency um, so they can win. You know? Well, you know what? Uh, talking about that, uh, look what the Cardinals did. They signed uh, Larry Fitzgerald to a whopping big uh, $50 million deal, and we were talking about uh, last week about how the, this money is divided up, and he's going to get, I think, $15 million signing bonus. That's yeah. real cash. At Carolina, uh, well, the Carolina Panthers, they also uh, signed uh, D.J. Hackett, wide receiver for the Panthers, and uh, – you know, and he's there for a two-year deal, and and again, you know, decent money. You know, he's got three point five million dollars. You know, mm-hmm. so that that's decent money. But there's some there's some 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 moves that are being made. You know, and as a matter of fact, uh, you know, some other guys that are being moved around. I think. Well, there you uh, go. Brian Johnson from the Cardinals went to San Francisco. Yeah, and 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 so are you happy with that? What do you think? I mean, um, I know the Cardinals are your favorite team. Oh yeah, they're my the Tweety Birds. They're my favorite favorite NFL team. I can't wait for next year with the with the Tweety Birds. Well. Uh, the fact, of the, matter, you know, fact of the matter, he's gone. <laughs> I mean, but really, you know. I don't really care. In terms of our receivers here, you know, you're happy that they signed Larry Fitzgerald. When I say here, of course, we're talking about, you know, here in Arizona. Arizona and, uh, and, and Quan stole around. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, no, and, and thank God they didn't screw that up. Well, hopefully he'll be back and he'll, and he'll be healthy, you know. But uh, Well, I just don't want to see them let him go because he's a very good player and they need that. You know, that's what I feel. And they, and they got Fitzgerald because they needed And I think some players had to restructure their contracts to get Fitzgerald to stay here. I think that happened, too. And who else is being traded and bumped around? Well, I, it's, I, you it's know, it's kind of hard to keep up with all of it. Well, I'll tell you what. There, there, there's a guy that uh, that I feel that that's out there that uh, I've always liked him, and uh, who's that, that? That, that's Chris Brown. And uh, Chris Brown is now with the Houston Texans, and I've always liked Chris Brown. You know, he's uh, you know big back, you know runs hard. He's a running back, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. runs hard. You know, kind of has that. You know that kind of Eric Dixon kind of style, but but I like him. He, so you think he would be a good fit with the Cardinals? Well, yeah, I think he, yeah he could have been a guy. That's exactly oh, right. He could have yeah. been a guy, and, I, and I'm I'm still not sure exactly what's happening with the Cardinals because no, well, nobody knows what's happening with the Cardinals. They they won't address their running back issue, and and and, uh, and Edge, Edge is 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 again. You know what, I just think that Edge is is not the you know from the a, back in there every down of which can okay. really you know, threaten another team. Right. From a fan, fan's point of view with the Cardinals, and just, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Cardinals, but they got a quarterback named by the name of Hollywood Matt Liner. They have um, um, e- e- Eroy, Eloy Brown. What's his name? Um, the offensive tackle. Are you looking at me? Or are you Brown. Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Brown. Okay, they sent him into Penn State. They have a backup with Warner. The defensive line is pretty good. They put a lot of things together last year and coming up this year. The one thing that they have missing is called a running back. They don't have somebody like a... Um, uh, 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 Chris Brown. They they need somebody who can complement the whole uh, offensive line or offensive strategy, as I see it with uh, you know Hollywood Matt and the rest of the boys coming in. And I think they need a, a young running uh, uh, running back. Don't you think they're uh, yeah, Mr. Just, Wright? There's no doubt about it. I've, I've always said that I think the problem here with this team is that they do need a running back. You know, uh, you know, perhaps be, there there are a couple guys that back edge up, and they're they're pretty decent, you know. Yeah, but I think they, they need somebody like an Adrian Peterson, the, somebody who's going to lift the team up to that level where Liner's having problems. And I don't, I don't see I don't know what's going to happen next year with Liner, but I don't see that happening. And we saw a mess last year after I told you over and over this was going to be a mess, and it turned out to be a mess. Well, there was a guy out there, you know, and we talked about this, I think, last week. You know, there was a chance for, you know, Julius Jones, who, again, there you was go. out he went there. to Seattle, yeah, right? Where did he go, Seattle? Right. Yep. There's know. Julius Jones. There's another good running back that the Cardinals could have picked up. Now, maybe the Cardinals are thinking that they're going to stay on the draft and get a young player, you know, coming out fresh, 22-, 23-year-old kid. That's what I'm thinking. Well, yeah. Anyway, is Jeff coming on today? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Jeff, Jeff curious, always yeah. uh, joins us, uh, you know, our correspondent from Philadelphia who covers the Eagles. And, 
you know, a number of other teams uh, in the NFC East is uh, going to be joining us. And uh, it's just getting closer and closer to the time. People are getting kind of edgy. You know, we talk about the same old thing. You know, it's time for the draft. Maybe they should move it up a little bit. Yeah, it is kind of like uh, pushed out there, isn't it? Yeah, they the combine's out there, so, over with. So now, now everybody's got to watch basketball. Well, you know, it's really weird. You know, Ray, when you think about it, you know, Easter is this weekend. Yes, isn't that weird? You, you they, move, they move it up. Too. Yeah, you, you, they moved it up. How come they're moving around the uh, resurrection of Christ? I mean, they move sometimes at the end of March, and then it's in the middle of April. I don't know when it is. I just found out last night that Easter was this weekend, but I kind of figured out two plus two when I went into the supermarkets and saw the bunny rabbits and the and the little and the little baskets that it was it was right around the corner. Well, I, I certainly so, uh, <laughs> I, I certainly could have praised it being a man of uh, a Christian man. Yes. but this is Rayola Sports. No, no, no. But I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just saying maybe they should move up the draft to, to coincide with Easter. Easter, you know, like the weekend after Easter, instead of waiting till it would be, the, it, it perhaps maybe I, would be just, uh, a way of which people would know to expect the draft to be right around yeah, Easter. Like they have it. to have it set up like on the same weekend every year, so we all know. So we don't have to look up, look up in the newspapers or you know, if you're a hardcore NFL uh, fan, you probably know. But I, and I am, but I you know, the draft is a draft, and I'll find out from my local television. Uh, well, you know, anchor. listen, we're, since we're just you know, <laughs> we're just you know, bouncing around everywhere. You know, we're one thing about fun. ESPN the magazine. I want to talk about ESPN the magazine. I, I want to talk about the fact that you know LeBron James and Ichima, or however you pronounce his name, the other guy is is on there, and and LeBron James, they have him as because he's the next billion-dollar man yeah. in sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, we're talking mm-hmm. about these hundred million-dollar contracts. He's we're talking about dollars. these players. He's he's a billion dollars. Billion dollars. He, he's built himself wow. into a brand that's worth a billion dollars. Now, again, whatever happened to dumb jocks? Whatever happened? Yeah, they're not dumb anymore, are they? A bit. Wait, you, <laughs> but there's young hot there's cheerleaders. A bill, there's, a, there's a billion reasons why you're not. There's a billion not, reasons. Yeah, I, but, there's, but there's young hot cheerleaders aren't looking at them as dumb jocks. Well, I, hook onto a jock because you'll make it to the big time, maybe. Well, LeBron is as a young man that settled down. He has. Let me a, ask you a question a, about a LeBron. Nice lady, and, and they've got a couple children, and so I don't. Well, think can he's I ask you a question about, about LeBron? Didn't he? He, he? he went from high school right to the pros, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. I thought you would know that. Akron, Ohio. Akron, Ohio. Oh, the Ohio. I'm so sick of the Ohio. Akron, Hall of Fame. Well, what about, um, who's that guy that plays for the L.A. Lakers, Kobe Bryant? Philadelphia. Uh, Lower Marion. Well, he's from, the, the, uh, he's yeah. from the suburbs. What oh, about, t- hey, let's talk about Tiger. <laughs> Did you see Tiger? You know, yeah. talking about, you know, the 25-foot. Talking about Amazing. steel in your veins, you know. Oh, oh, God, I don't know what runs through this man's veins. But he was down. I think he was down like six or seven strokes, and he just came out of nowhere. He put the ball in the and, hole. And just decided, you know what, it's time for me to step up. Nobody really wants to win this. And I believe Jeff's on there on the line hey, holding. Jeff. Hey, Jeff, you're on the line holding? Hey, I'm here, guys. How hey, guys. Jeff, I'm sorry. We're just kind of <laughs> bouncing around here having a lot of fun. But... It was amazing. When I saw what Tiger did, you know, it's just like, wow. I, I don't think anybody ever goes into a match, into a golf match, and Tiger Woods is, you know, also playing that they really feel comfortable that they can win. I mean, a, as an athlete, what you always do is you always go into any, any game feeling like you can win. I, if I were a golfer, I, would, I really would not go in, go in thinking I could beat Tiger Woods based upon what this where's man you, Where's done. your confidence at? Tiger has taken everybody's confidence away ah. from him. Oh, he does just put a ball. Jeff, in the did hole. you see anything? Did you see that match? Did you see the when he when he finally I think piece, bits and pieces of it on um, the 18th I, hole? That was it. I think yeah, God was boring, I, I and it was like a 20 foot putt. I mean, I 25. Me like, 
Oh, it takes me like, you know, that's a, that's a three-putt for me. You, you can't even hold a golf club, let alone do, do what he does. And Charles, I don't think Charles would even Charles can, wouldn't come close to that either. <laughs> so, Jeff, Jeff, what's happening yeah. in Philadelphia? What's any, any rumors flying around in Philly? Oh, rumors fly. Every day there's rumors Every flying day? around in Philly. Every day they're wondering which wide receiver the Eagles are going to try to uh, attain through a trade. Well, they uh, try to get Fitzgerald. Ever, that fell apart. Ever, well, yeah, I know. Ever since Larry Fitzgerald got signed, it's, it's kind of funny. It, it went, okay, well, how about Equan Bolden now? He's going to want money. So um, there, there's this idea that the Eagles can go out and now make, make offers for Anquan Bolden. Uh, how, does, how, how are the Philly fans and the media reacting to the Fitzgerald uh, uh, trade that didn't happen, and now Anquan. Are they excited well, I, about I think, that? Or I think they were. Uh, you know, Arizona had come out so many times and said that Larry Fitzgerald wasn't on the training block, and there were so many reports that there was a deal going on. You know, negotiations going on between uh, his agent um, and and uh, Rod Graves. You know, from Arizona. So I think that people in Philadelphia were a little on edge, kind of following it like a soap opera, but. It seemed like most of them were resigned to the fact that Arizona was going to do everything it could to keep Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. And so now the question is, you know, it's public knowledge that the Eagles went after Randy Moss and weren't able to sign him. It's public knowledge that they tried to trade for Larry Fitzgerald. So now it almost puts him in a tough position where you can't go into the season with what you have and say that you're comfortable with it when you tried to go and get two of the best wide receivers out there in the hey, offseason. Jeff, i got to cut you off. we got to take a break. Uh, okay. Let's keep that same um, <clears throat> sentence going when we come back. You're listening to Voice America Sports with Ray Ellis Sports and, of course, the fa- his favorite co-host. That's me, Fan Man. We'll be right back after these messages. Hang in there. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds Bart. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dines' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dines' research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at 
to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports i just thought i'd let them listen to listen a little bit of music oh i love that music that's you're 70s listening. music you listen to rail of sports on the voice america network with the number one co-host Fan man. Okay, and uh, we've got Jeff on the line here, and and we just started to talk a little bit about, and we talk about Philadelphia all the time because of well, course th- you know I lived in Philadelphia for a while, and, and I grew up there. in Philadelphia. But then you know what it is? Philly has a lot of lot of lot of stuff going on, a lot of entertainment with the uh, sports, right, well, I, Jeff? You know, one thing about yeah. it, I think rumors. What the owner tries to do is to keep their name out in the marketplace, you know, so that everybody hears about. You know, you know the old saying, you know, just make sure you spell my name right, you know, mm-hmm. but. Uh, in this particular case, you know, we mentioned something about first there was an attempt to get one wide receiver, then there's an attempt to get another wide receiver, which leads people to believe that you're looking for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And so right. I think what Jeff is saying is in the event that they don't address the wide receiver issue in the draft, the fans are going to say, like, what the heck's going on? Okay, so Jeff, right. continue. Even, even if they do, Ray, you know, it's, it's, it's of my knowledge that you're not going to find in this draft a home run hitter in the wide in the first round, there are some guys that are considered number two guys, but there are not, you know, the, the the prospects for upper echelon receivers immediately in this year's drafts are very, very slim. Oh yeah, I, that's right. This this is this draft is not one of which, uh, if you really need a wide receiver, that you're yeah. guaranteed you're going to find him in this draft. You know? No Calvin, no Calvin Johnson. But then again, you know, with what New Orleans was able to do with Marquez Colston a couple of years ago, I guess. You really can't rule everybody, anybody out anyway. But it kind of leads you to believe what we were talking about earlier in the year, you mm-hmm. know, in the quarterback situation. And that is, you know, you, you look to teams that, that have quarterbacks and you got backup quarterbacks, and then perhaps maybe some of them have, you know, as many as three deep. But there seems to be a lack of quality quarterbacks in the National Football League when you got a guy like Benny Testaverde is in high demand last year when a couple guys got hurt. Are we seeing the same thing in college football? Is there a lack of receivers? Uh, there are usually, uh, it seems to me, there are usually a couple of receivers. I think it's, it's just that, you know, for example, this year happens to be a very good running back class, and I think you're going to see about six or seven running backs go in the first two rounds. I, I don't think that's the case with wide receivers this year, but last year you had Calvin Johnson, and the year before that, uh, a couple of years ago, you had uh, Roy Williams. I mean, there seems, I don't know if, there, if, if it's the same as the quarterback dilemma, but uh, that, because the quarterback dilemma, you're right, is, has become such an inexact science. I mean, you look, go look at the, the number one quarterbacks taken in the last 10 years, and I think more than 70% of them haven't really worked out or lived up to the billing. So that's, that's become an animal unto itself. Yeah, you know, I think one thing that's happening, too, is I, I think the prototype of what they're now looking for when it comes to an NFL receiver is changing. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think college football has got a chance yet to adjust and adapt to what they're looking for in the professional ranks. It's almost like, you know, we're in this business of technology, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, the fact that now we're able to broadcast a sports show over the Internet, you know, it's what almost the, like... What, what the hell's the Internet? Yeah, it's, it's like now... <laughs> Everybody wants to get a big, strong, fast wide receiver. Can, can I ask? Yeah. Can I ask something here? And, and, and you know, Jeff, you got a guy that plays four years in college, and let's say he's a really good quarterback in college, and uh-huh. there's been quite a few of them around. Uh-huh. 
Then they get drafted, they go to the NFL, and they fail. I, I don't understand that. When they're playing in front of crowds of 100,000 people, they play for these uh, the championship games. I mean, take, let's go to Matt Leiner. And I hate to you know be picking on the Tweety Birds and the Cardinals, but here's Matt Leiner as this great quarterback. Everybody's, you know, hardcore. This guy's really, really good. Plays in front of big crowds, wins national championships. I mean, does the whole thing. Comes to the Cardinals and blah. What, well, what, I mean, why is yeah, that? Man, can you give the guy at least a full year to... Before you start calling him bluff, I mean, well, no, I, 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 you know, I, they threw him in after Warner got hurt in the first year, and then he got hurt in the second year, and he didn't get yeah. hurt for the whole four years at, at USC. Well, I think uh, the problem is, uh, is I think problem? there are two things with that. I'll be really quick with this. One okay. is that in college you're seeing a proliferation of the spread offense, and you see a lot of quarterbacks put up a lot of numbers in very quirky offenses that you don't see in the NFL, and it makes them hard to evaluate. And mm-hmm. the second thing is that a quarterback is only as good as normally as his offensive line mm-hmm. and some of the weapons around him. So right. you see a liner come from a, a powerhouse at USC, and then he gets thrown into Arizona, which has not had an offensive line for quite some time. Right. And therefore, maybe he can't really show his true potential because he just doesn't have the weapons around him, which is why you have to be, I think, uh, more patient with quarterbacks than maybe other positions that you draft. So right. High. It's almost like a training program uh, that, you know, and one of the quarterback from Notre Dame, what was that guy that you really loved that he, went, he was drafted by the Browns, right? What's his name? I, I didn't say the, I loved the, that guy. The crybaby. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're Brady I'm, Quinn? I'm, Brady no, Quinn. Oh, I'm putting words in your mouth now? No, yeah. no, I've never oh, been. Okay. You know, You're not in love with him? Okay. No, I, 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 oh. I'm not sure yet. The, the jury's still out on him. For one thing, he's not even got a chance to get in the game. Yet. Well, again, you know, there's Brady Quinn. You know, he's a pretty good quarterback. Notre Dame, major school, Division One, blah, blah, blah. And here he is at the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, I mean, the Browns think that this guy can do something. I mean, I think he would after four years as a QB at the Notre Dame. I mean, I always looked at that. From, if you can play for a major college school like that, you know, and everything that goes along with it, and then you go to the NFL, that you should be able to pick up the range within two years. Well, let me just say what, what happens what is, is, is from a fan's point, the talent of which, you know, the talent is, is better, much better. You know, at the professional levels than it is at the college yeah, level. Yeah, they were and all college happens, players. Yeah, but they what all, happens they, is when huh? when you're playing college football, yeah. is that you may have, uh, and I'm going to say on 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 your offense and your defensive side of the ball with your starters. You know, there may be, you know, at one point in time, you know, the, the average school out there, they may have about three three guys on offense and three guys on defense that are starting at that time. So that's a total of six guys that may end up being professional football players. Okay. But once you get to the National Football League, obviously everybody in there that's all came playing, from college. They're all, but they're all great football players. So now you've got a team of all NFL players, whereas before you may be on the field with maybe three or four at a time. Mm-hmm. But now you've got you know, a, you know, a team of 11 players that are the best football players that have been evaluated, got a chance, they, they, they've been tested. And they've been tried, and, and they're very, 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 very good. And, and so all of a sudden when you now are competing against everybody who's the best of the best of the best as opposed to just three guys, that makes, it, that makes a, a huge difference. So, Jeff, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, I do. I just, and I also think that there's just an element of uncertainty with a, a person, whether he's a first-round pick or an eighth-round pick, because how else would you explain Tom Brady, who rarely played college and didn't even beat out Drew Henson, all of a sudden being the best uh, quarterback in the NFL coming be, you know, after being a sixth-round pick. Right, and you the know, other thing by, is... By your argument, you would say, well, geez, if this guy wasn't even good enough to start in his college team, how can he be the best quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, that, well, that's exactly so right. You know, it just, it's just fate. So what Ray was saying, I mean, you look at Tony Romo, he came out of eastern Illinois. I, I, it's, you know, if you look at... The, huh? if, you, if you talk about the ten best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, okay. if you want to take Tony Romo, take Tom Brady, I mean, most of them... 
that were not number one picks, and most of them were second day guys. Look at Matt Hasselbeck. Okay, so what is Look. the big thing about you know draft day and getting the number one pick with a quarterback with uh, mm-hmm. one of uh, you know Ray's friends over there, Brady Quinn? I mean, you know, why don't they go after a quarterback you know in the sixth or seventh round? I mean, it, it seems to say that these number one and number two and number three guys never never mature to anything. But the guys right. that are picked way at the end, like a Tom Brady or a Romo and a, a couple other ones, always make it to the, to the, to be really good NFL quarterbacks. Well, I think you are seeing that change a little bit. I mean, last year you saw a couple of quarterbacks go not number one, you know, not top five, but they went in the second round. And immediately when they were drafted, their team said, this is our quarterback of the future. And I'm talking about maybe Trent Edwards, Mm -hmm. uh, John Beck of Miami, Mm -hmm. and even Kevin Cobb of Philadelphia. These three guys are considered, you know, franchise quarterbacks. But the teams were smart enough to realize, especially the Eagles, they traded down into the second round to take Cobb just specifically to avoid paying him first-round money. The money becomes a huge, huge factor in all this. Well, you know what's funny with Andy Reid? I I remember reading about it. He was was watching a game when he was in Dallas or, you know, for a game with the Cowboys, and he was watching Cobb play, and he said, this is the guy I want. I want this guy. Done. I mean, he saw that that talent that the guy had, and and they they were smart. It's it's all part of falling in love with this vital statistics. It's why they get... The number one quarterbacks are always the six-three rocket arm. You know, as Peyton Manning likes to say, "Laser rocket arm, six foot five. I mean, right. everybody wants the next Peyton Manning. So you you, know, you see a guy with those vitals, and and of course you're going to drool over him. But well, what, you know, ha- you know what, what happens when there's not somebody of that build? Right. Then it right. Kind of, like last year, and it kind of you know there was Jamarcus Russell, and then Brady slipped all the way down to the. Into the twenties, and then after that, people were like, eh, "We'll wait till the second round to get our well, guy." It's, it's like it's the only thing. It's like Peyton Manning. Here's Peyton Manning playing in Tennessee. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, here he is a great quarterback in Tennessee, and he just take he took that great talent that he has and took it right to the Colts. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. And then you yeah, got the, he, the Brady Quinns of the world. He's a, huh? In some way, he's an exception, though. Yeah, you got the Brady Quinns, and you, and, you, and you have the Hollywood Matt Leinerts of the world that come in from big major schools, USC and, and Notre Dame, and they. they well, you know what? The, the, uh-huh. the be, if you look at it, guys, it's, as we said before, it's not an exact science, but the, you know, I don't think they've done that bad over the years. They've made some mistakes, and I think what's happening now, at least for the, the, the general managers and, and for the coaches, their concern is the fact that you know, now attached to these guys are huge dollar amounts, of which everybody just sees the dollar amounts, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, how could you miss on picking a person when you're paying that person $40, $50, 60000000 million? Listen, this, the, the science of going about trying to pick these guys hasn't changed very much. The only thing that's really changed is the, the money. money. So, right. I mean, they're, they're trying to get it right because they want to win football games. But now, all of a sudden, when this person's making all the money, mm-hmm. I think the money is what's changed everybody's perspective and said, wow, how'd he blow that because you paid the guy so much money? It is. And, Ray, you know what? It's funny that because this isn't just opinion anymore or just, like, even – it's not even conjecture. Right now, Bill Polian of the Colts at the Combine, he was, he was strongly pushing and urging for changes in the draft because he felt that the competitive uh, balance that used to be because of the draft is not anymore. Uh, and you look at a, a team that has the number one pick like the Miami Dolphins who need help everywhere, they're almost forced now to not take Matt Ryan number one because it's such a gamble to invest all that kind of money in one player. But the problem is Miami can't trade the pick because a lot of teams don't really want to trade up and get and, and pay all that money for Matt Ryan, so there there have been talks about um, restructuring the draft, maybe either maybe either making a, a rookie salary cap or allowing the team with the worst record to choose where it would like to draft instead of automatically giving them the number one pick. And see, Jeff, and we talked about this before, and we we talked to a guy last week who's a financial planner who deals with all the money and so on and yeah, so forth. I remember I, I was there. 
Yeah, I, I really think that a rookie, and, and, and this, is, this goes in the business too, when you, get it, when you graduate from college and go into a job, they pay mm-hmm. you a medium base salary saying, yeah, you, you graduated from the school, you got brains, we like you, we want to groom you for the future. And I think that's what should be done with the rookies coming into the NFL from college to say, we're going to pay you a certain amount of money, that's all you're going to get, but you're going to prove to us that you are the player that we expect you to be and that we think you're, you're going to be. And if you do that... Not going to happen. Okay, Levi Brown. Not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> I, not going to happen. This is what Jeff was just talking about. Right. Well, here's the reason why it's not going to happen. Because the average person only plays three and a half years. So when are you going to give him the money? I think that they... When they, are you going to give him the money? If he only plays three and a half years, the, when's right. he going to get well, the money? Finish. If they do good in the first year, if they really prove themselves to show that they, we, they can do what they can do with, in their position, then they should get the money where they, should, where they would fit in with other players Playing, you know, in, in three and, in and a half years. You only got three and a half Jeff, years. Jeff, do you agree with or disagree with me? That that it could happen or that it should happen. That it that it could happen or should happen. I mean, well, like you were just I talking mean, about Miami. I, I, I tend to f- agree with Ray more just because money always talks, and whenever Thanks, you get the union and the and the, you know players' union and the owners together, it, it becomes contentious. But if you can get the players' union to give up something and the owners to give up something. For example, if the owners give up franchise tag, which has become a real hot-button issue. Yes. If they, if that, Because you know this whole CBA is going to be renewed soon because right now it's, the contract's going to be up after next year and there are a whole bunch of problems with it. Yeah, they better um, not go on strike. <laughs> yeah, they better right. not. What yeah, are we going to do? Go. So let's say the owners give up the franchise tag rights that they have. Well, mm-hmm. then maybe the players' uh, union will be more prone to give up something and maybe institutionalize some kind of rookie salary cap that... that makes it so that these guys are still getting paid a good amount, but not the obscene amounts that they're getting That's right now. That's what I'm trying to say, Jeff. That's all. Uh-huh. Well, let me just say this, guys. It's like anything else in free enterprise. The money must be there. These teams are making all the money, and nobody's trying to put their you – know, there's no fire sales for teams. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about that after we take this break because there's some music, which means music means it's time to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. And, of course, Jeff is out there, and we'll be right back after these messages. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Here we go. 
If you love sports and like food, or like sports and love food, or are anywhere in between, Sports Bites might just become one of your favorite ways to spend your lunch break. Broadcasting Thursdays at 12 o'clock noon on the West Coast, it's Sports Bites with Chef Di, a delicious, enlightening, and entertaining mix of sports, food, and celebrity athletes. Yummy. Don't miss Sports Bites with Chef Di, Thursdays at noon on the Voice America Sports Channel. From the Super Bowl to the World Cup and every major sporting event in between, Front Row with sports travel insider Robert Tuckman will take you on a private ride into the exclusive world of high-end sports travel. Tune in every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern as Robert interviews key event organizers as well as star athletes and celebrities who attend these events. That's Thursdays at 12 p.m. Eastern right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Hey, yeah. Listen to that music, Brad. Yeah, I like that music. I like that music. Anyway, you're listening to Voice America Sports. Uh, that's VoiceAmericaSports.com with the Ray Ellis Show. And, of course, uh, your favorite uh, co-host, Fan Man, where I just like to ignite fires. And, we, of course, we got our favorite correspondent from Philadelphia, Jeff. Jeff, you there? Uh, I'm still here. Okay, yeah, you know, cool. I think one thing that uh, I think Fan Man forgot, Jeff, is, you know, last week. What did I uh, When we had Craig Jones on, you know, who's a financial advisor to a lot of the, you know, star players in the National Football League and in basketball and in and baseball, you know, and, and in hockey. He said he had one hockey player. He mentioned the fact that the reason why uh, it's so important for players, uh, particularly football players, to get their uh, their money up front is because of the fact that. They could get injured in football. Their money is not guaranteed. Right. So the and young guys coming out of college, they got to get the money then because you may not get another chance. And, and I bet if you look at the National Football League, and historically it's just been proving now, once a guy, you know, you come out of college, 22 years old if you stay there for four years, you know, you're 30 by, you know, you're 30 in your eighth year, they're going to get rid of you. The rosters, you're just, I bet you they're saying three and a half years, it was three and a half years when I played ball. I guarantee if you look at it now, it's probably down to three years where the average player is playing ball now. Yeah, I know the running back position uh, is about a 3.5-year average. Yeah, man. It's just, it's just so hard to go in and, 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 and think that, as Craig said, that you're going to play the duration of that contract. That right. Ben, you know, that Ben Rosenberg is going to get that hundred no. million dollars because it's a hundred million dollars over the life of the contract, and how many ever years that contract is, he'll either get traded or he'll get hurt or he'll retire because of injuries or something of that nature. So, although again, and we always find ourselves talking about this, you know, when it's this time of the year, you know, about money, but uh, you know, I, I think the players should go out and get what they can and do the best that they possibly can. But let me just say something to this: Trent Green. Speaking of money. I, and, and I can never, I don't want to count anybody else's money. But I think the league has the responsibility to step up and say to a player, I'm sorry. It's almost like a, a, in a boxing match when a referee stops in, steps in and stops the fight because he has to protect, he has a right to protect the fighter because he's hurt too bad. And he thinks, you know, it so where, you go, where, where are you going with it? Trent Green, he shouldn't be playing anymore. I think he's just had too many concussions. Well, Ray, you used a word uh, in a different argument before that kind of would work against you here. 
free enterprise. You know, yeah, but thank, he, thank you, Jeff. But 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 there's but there has no, no, to be no. some medical. But no, there no, no, there are no, medical people no, in no, this. There's medical no. people in this business. No, 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 no. no, that's not no, no. It's a free enterprise. You said it. To and play if or not to play, they probably have told them you're taking. You know, it's up. You're to taking you. a chance. No, free enterprise is one thing, but you also have people that are medically responsible, and I believe that's why a lot of doctors have stopped practicing because of malpractice insurance is too high. Wait a minute. Wait, let's get something straight here. If, if you're if an NFL player and you have the status and you have four concussions and they're telling you a doctor, a, a team of doctors, Jeff, and agree or disagree with me here, are telling you that you better not play anymore because if you continue this, you're going to really mess up your life and you're going to have a lot of problems. What do you do? What do you mean? What do you do? You st- you don't play anymore. I walked away from the game. I, they told me, hey, you know, your neck. There's a chance you could be crippled. Okay, you can't so walk that's what you did, Trent Green. Fine. I agree. Uh, if, uh, the, the sensible person should should take that into account. But the bottom line is, I, I don't think you can force that person. To, you can't force that person to make the decision. That's a, that's an individual's decision, and I, I think the league would infringe on a person's rights, personal rights, civil liberties, by banning them from playing when they're medically cleared to play. Okay, but Jeff, uh, you know, Ray's saying that uh, Trent Green shouldn't be playing anymore. But you said he would do, but, but you but said one thing that's key. If cleared to play, then whose who right is to tell him that he shouldn't play anymore? But you said one thing that's key, Jeff, and, and here's uh, some of the misnomers there. You know, mm-hmm. who cleared him to play? I mean, you know, and nowadays things are happening where so many players out there have taken the right that they have to go out and get second and third opinions. And I think there's enough players out there that if they go to one doctor, they don't get cleared, they'll go to another. If they don't go mm-hmm. down and they go to another. They'll go to another. And that's where the problem lies in is that sooner or later he'll find somebody, okay, I'll sign you off, I'll clear you, go ahead. Right. I guess there's very murky waters in, in concussions because, yes, they're dangerous and they can have long-term effects, but it's not like something tangible where you have cancer or you're given, uh, you know, uh, or a disease where you're given a certain amount of time to live. I mean... You know, it's it's a if if situation. If you get hit again, if you have another concussion, you might really hurt yourself. Or nothing could happen to you. You can play five more years, make a lot more money, and be wonderful. I mean, what if Teddy Bruschi? What if someone told him that he couldn't play after that stroke anymore? Yeah, I mean, he's played a couple more years and almost won a Super Bowl. Hey so Jeff, I, I agree with you. Teddy Bruschi is a prime example of what we're talking about. I mean, he was he was diagnosed with uh, what was the injury? It was pretty. It was a, he had a stroke. He had a stroke. Yeah. Here's a guy who has a stroke. Most people who have strokes never, I mean, they, 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 it's very hard for them to, to come back. I mean, I'm, I'm just talking, mm-hmm. no, I'm not talking about sports. I'm just talking a normal, average Joe. Right. Uh, my mother had a stroke, and, in the, and, and she was like, just, that, that was it. I mean, she could still walk around, but her mouth was crooked, her speech was messed up. I mean, she had a severe stroke. Teddy Bruschi has a stroke and goes and plays football a year after recuperation. It's amazing that he was on the field. Okay, let me just say this. I want to say this from a retired player's perspective, and that is if you guys would take a look at some of those people of which uh, a guy like uh, Mike Dick has been advocating for these players that have injuries to the point where they can barely get out of bed, they can barely walk, you know, and God only knows whatever what other injuries or ailments okay, they okay. they might have. All right. We're right now, no, 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 no. Let me finish no. my point. Okay. What I'm saying is what that's saying? what I'm speaking. I'm speaking from that perspective, and I'm saying at some point in time, there comes a, a, you know a point where a medical person has to step in and say, "I'm sorry, you may not see it, but, but I certainly can look at it." And down the road, sometimes it may be it may be a delayed effect, but 
here's the percentage of chance of which what's going to happen to you 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And that risk should not be taken any longer. And he should be removed and banned from the game because of medical reasons. And that's all I'm saying. I mean, I love the game. Everybody wants to continue to play if they can. But when you can't make a decision for yourself because you're emotionally tied, and I'm not saying he's financially tied. I'm saying this is a person that is emotionally tied to the okay, game. Okay, so wait a minute. And it's one of those so professors wh- you okay. just don't walk okay, away from. Wait, so wait a minute. So you're saying Teddy Bruschi. Uh, Teddy Bruschi should have never played another that, game of that, football well, in his I'll, life. Okay, you took the question out of my mouth. He should have never played another game because he had a stroke. One hit, one hit could put him, it could kill him. Jeff. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on Ray's side as far as the basic principles. And, and what he's trying to say here is that you're putting your life in danger. And I it's agree. probably not worth it. I just can't be on the side of having a league, having a policy that pretty much makes a decision that should be left up to the individual. Well, when you say it should be left up to an individual, there are certain things uh, in life that you just can't do if you're not physically fit or, or, or medically look at you. Uh, uh, you know, medically approved. Look at you. But, but that's do. what I'm saying is that they get medical clearance, and I'm sure they have doctors who, like you said, Ray, have advised them of the ramifications that are involved if they do continue to play the career. But the bottom line is they make a choice. And you know what? There are people who make a choice to leave early. Look at Tiki Barber. He made a choice. Okay? Yeah, because he didn't want to be messed up for the rest of his life. There you go. So if a guy is going to make a choice that he wants to play and that he's consulted with his family, his doctors clear him, even though they give him advisements, I just I can't see the, the, the civic and legal responsibility of... of saying you can't play. I think that that's a slippery slope. Okay, okay. Well, no, wait, okay. See, wait, Ray, go back to you. You played, you were an actual player, you went through this, you got injured, uh, you were hurt really bad, and they said to you, if you continue this, okay, you're, you're, in, you're, in, you're in for a lot of pain and a lot of problems, and you said, okay, I, I'm done. Right. You listened to the doctors, right. and if, if you, your ego went, okay, wait a minute, I got to step back from this, I had a lot of fun for the last seven years, but I am now injured, and one more hit to me could paralyze me, could kill me, could m- make me into a vegetable for the rest of my life, and I don't want that, and you retired. Well, let so me you just, made let a smart me, move. Okay, let me just say this also to you. I was medically cleared by the NFL doctors. Okay, so they, I, I went to my own doctors at okay. the University of Pennsylvania so what, what, and found out right. how serious my injury okay, was. Okay, so what does that say about the NFL doctors when you had to go to the University of Pennsylvania and get your own doctor and the, your own doctor who, who, care, who could care less about the NFL said to you, no, you have a major problem here. You've got to stop playing. But the NFL said, oh, no, you're okay to go play. They didn't give a, they didn't give a rat's ass about you. And you would have went out there and got ki- you would have gotten killed. And let me ask you, that's how, not, many, how many doctors outside of professional sports do you think would have cleared Teddy Bruschi to play football? None. Jeff, no, you got an opinion on not, that? Probably not. And, you know, like I said, I am on your side with your, with your basic point. And if you're all for medical reform, I'm all for medical reform in the NFL, uh, the choice of your own doctor or whatever it would take, uh, multiple opinions from, from non-NFL doctors. That would be great. I'm, I'm completely, you know, sold on that. Okay, guys, let's move on. Let, let, I just can't imagine the outcry and the backlash there would be if there was actual policy that had the decision of a player's career being made by someone other than the player. Okay. Hey, Jeff, we're going to finish that. I'm sorry. Again, it's time. Whenever we hear that music, we always have to take a break. We're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back after these messages. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. And we'll be right back.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. JackLalane.com presents Jack Lane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine Lalane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris Lalane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack Lalane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Voice America Sports. With the radio show and fan man and Jeff at a play. Hey, brother. Jeff, you there? Hello. You like that music? I'm here now. <laughs> you guys got to buzz me in first. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted you to, you know, dance to the music. Yeah, fan man's wishing that he was on, uh, what was that, Dancing on Air in Philadelphia back in Dan- the day? Dan- no. Dan- <laughs> <laughs> He thinks he thinks that's the name of the show. Now, listen, you're listening to Real uh, Sports on the Voice wait, wait. America Network with yeah. the number one co-host. I want to change something. Fan, man. Hey, you, you know, Fan. Is, yeah. is there a chance that we could possibly be seeing some history here since we've had free agency and the team has won the Super Bowl? Have the Giants, with the exception of, I think it's their kicker, have <laughs> they lost anybody to free agency? Oh, yes, they have. They've lost their safety, Jabril Wilson, to the Oakland Raiders. Okay, and he and, and he's kick- really their only significant uh, free agent, and you know their linebacker uh, Kawaka Mitchell, I believe, uh, signed with the Bills. I want to say. <laughs> so they've uh, so it's, it's not been like a it's not been like a clearinghouse. A mass exodus. No, no, it, it really hasn't been, and, the, and a lot of that is because they already they had a lot of young players that were, were already in, involved with long term deals. I mean, they did not have that many veterans aside from your Michael Strahan's of the world, and uh, yes. Sam Madison. Yeah, they were. Really, they, they won were, with a very young nucleus. Right, they were one of the younger teams, if not the youngest team in the league. Right. Probably, I, I think they. I think they. Every single one of their draft picks from last year uh, was either on the roster or played in that game. So. Wow. Yeah. You know, you know it's, I'll tell you something that's interesting. You know, for some reason or another, it seems like there's been a lot of activity with defensive linemen. What What is it that so many defensive linemen are moving throughout the league? 
well, yeah, the, I mean, it, it seems like there was a carousel of defensive ends uh, starting out there at Tennessee, which lost Antoine Odom to Cincinnati and then lost Travis LeBoy, I want to say, to Arizona. To you guys, is that right? Yes, that that's correct. And then Arizona was really signing LeBoy to make up for losing Calvin Pace. Who went to, and um, yeah. Tennessee made up for losing Antoine Odom by signing Javon Kurtz. So, I mean, yeah, there is. Been Javon Kurtz is with Tennessee, right? Yeah, he's back. He's right, back. Right. Wow, he's back. So, wow. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, but, you know, of course, the Raiders did some crazy things signing their, uh, they kind of extended the contract of their, their defensive tackle, uh, whose name is escaping me, uh, something Kelly, Tommy Kelly, does that sound right? I don't know. They made him the highest paid defensive tackle in the league. Yeah, and you know, but I, I, I'm gonna tell you what. And I, I saw some pretty good young guys when it when, when they had the combine going on. There was a couple of young guys that could come off the ball pretty quick. I thought they. Oh there yeah. Was, there was something they could have done in the draft, but then again, you go back to trying to sign somebody in the first round and pay a lot of money, and you right. know they didn't pay their first round guy last year until hey, the season hey, was almost hey, over. Hey Jeff, when is the draft? I just found out it was Easter this weekend. So when's the draft? The draft. Yeah, you, you know, you would was... be on the same boat, fam. I and I just found that out too. But yeah, uh, I just found out it was uh, Easter. April 26th. Is it April 26th? Because usually Easter's in April, and I'm going to and, Easter. And April 27th also, guys. Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> is there a day after the 20th? It's, it's, remember, it's, it's a little bit different format. They're only the first two rounds are the first day, whereas it used to be the first three rounds. Wow. Now they've, they, they were t- taking so long, though, that the first two rounds are now going to be on, uh, on that well, they, Saturday, and then the next four on Sunday. Jeff, there's a reason for that. It's called advertising. Absolutely. But I don't understand why, you know, going back to, you know, prehistoric days when I was drafted, everything was in one day. You know, it was one day. It was 12 rounds. Are you calling yourself prehistoric? Yeah, I don't mind. You know, I call some people, you know, there's the senior citizens in their prehistoric Dirty old man. But the prehistoric guys, they they laid the groundwork for what's happening now. Or ESPN for their round-the-clock, 24-7 coverage that all of a sudden now you have commercials, like Fan Man said, the advertising, and then you have to interview each player and... Well, you know, you know what, Jeff, the advertising has gotten to the point where you're looking at three minutes of advertising. I mean, three total minutes. So you could mm-hmm. have like 15 different sponsors in three minutes. Well, yeah. no, I, no, but guys, remember now they've always been on the clock. So the minutes in between the draft picks have always been, oh, okay, let's monetize this. Let's put it yeah, on TV. See, let's run did, commercials. Right, yeah, but what they did but it's now, still the same well, amount of time. What they did, they only have the now the first two rounds, which I wasn't aware of. Instead of the first three rounds, they only have two rounds, so they can drag out the three to six rounds or three to seven rounds on the second day. No, you, you didn't hear what I said. Oh, I'm, it's I'm still sorry. the same amount of time oh, in okay. between. Can you figure that yeah, out and it, tell me. I just don't know why. That's the only reason why. I'm just wondering why they can't do it all in one day. Here's what I think, though. Here's the difference, is that in the past, I don't think the teams used every second that they had to make a pick. And now you have so much, and this is probably because of the money and because of the changes in free agency and trades. Now you have every single team using every single second that they have for each pick to make sure that they don't trade up, trade down, see who's interested. I mean, it really becomes an exhausting war room process that really – demands that kind of time. Well, you know what? I, I hate to quote my old roommate because he won't even return my phone call. Who's that? But, uh, you know, Herman Edwards. Oh. You know, he won't even return my phone <laughs> He's call. He's the coach of the Kansas you know, City but, uh, Chiefs? Yeah. But, he won't return your calls? But anyway, Herman says sometimes Why? too much information is too much information. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And I think what it is is, is, is this thing has, you know, we're talking about it's been if it's down to a science but there's so much scientific information being going across digitized, you know, your computer, my computer, your laptop, his laptop, you know, and you know what? I said this a couple weeks ago to you guys with the draft and with free agency. I mean, nobody knows what's going on. I mean, it's very hard to put a team together. And then you say, well, w- w- you know, the fans are looking at it. Was this a good choice? Is this going to help us? 
um, you know, in a couple of weeks. It's the fans. It's you guys. That's the reason why. It's it, not that's us, the guys. It is the no, fans. No, it's not. This it's is you the, guys. I, I am telling you, you that the whole problem with this whole thing <laughs> is the fans. They are trying to appease you. That's why they got all this fantasy league stuff going on. That's they, right. They give me all that information. I started And it's all league. about you guys. I started it in 1992. Yeah, they want to hey, know if I should take it. It's all about our money. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's money. I mean, and and everybody wants to get their their money's worth. And I and I'm telling you, I'm just I I hope the fans. And let me ask you something, man. As a fan, yeah. do you feel like you're getting your your money's worth in today's sports? No. When you go to a game, when you watch a game, do you feel that you, the amount of money you pay for either to watch the game on cable TV or to buy a ticket and to pay to park, do you feel like you've got your entertainment value? Um, I get my entertainment value from the TV. It's better instead of going to the stadium. So I'd rather watch it on TV. Yeah. So it, but it costs you more. Remember, now cable has gone up because of the, but but the I, fact that you've got to pay for these sports. Yeah, I, can, I, can, I have my own hot dogs, my barbecue unit. I got my beer. I don't have to pay these outrageous prices that they're charging. And I can sit there and have my hot little uh, girlfriend sitting there with me. It's, it's great. But you, ha you have paid which the one, price. Which one, man? Huh? Probably, couple, right? Jeff. What? Hey, which, PG which Show. P I know you got a few. PG show, PG I, I, show. I, I, can't, I can't hear Jeff over your big mouth. Because it's a PG show. <laughs> I, I didn't say anything. I just said my, my girlfriend's there with my beer, and I got my bratwurst and my hot dogs and my chips, and I got the game. Well, listen, let me just – now I want to look into the <laughs> secondary, guys. I, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of movement in, in, in secondary people, too. And I, and I think probably Asante Samuel probably was the biggest name that was moving in the secondary. Anybody else out there, Jeff, you think that, that, that yeah. his movement uh, calls him? Asante is about to become the second biggest name that got moved. Uh, once this deal between the Atlanta Falcons and Oakland Raiders goes through, that sends uh, D'Angelo Hall to the Raiders. Yeah, but that uh, hasn't happened yet, right? No, it hasn't happened yet, but from what I understand, it, they're just dotting some I's and crossing some T's. And but why do you think, uh, well, I think uh, you, you say that's, that's going to be the second biggest deal, maybe money-wise, but in uh, terms of production-wise and who's contributed to the team and who's, you know, been a better player on the uh, field, between the two of them, who do you think has been done the best the past couple of years? Uh, you know, I think Asante Samuel has the better numbers, and... Uh, D'Angelo Hall has a worse rap, if you will. But I think if you ask 30 scouts who was the better cornerback, 15 would tell you Asante Samuel and 15 would tell you D'Angelo Hall. Okay, so it's a throw-off. So you flip a coin. Yeah, I would think so. I think that they, uh, D'Angelo Hall plays a little bit more. He's known for playing a little bit more physical. I mean, he would really get in there and mix it up in man press coverage with some of these top wide receivers, uh, whereas the, the scouts have said that Samuel, who can be physical, but he's, he really gets better jumps on the ball, and he's he's great in zone coverages more and and uh, taking advantage. Well, with of the, the NFC, space. So, with hey. the NFC East and and, and To being there, and you know, and, and you know, the Eagles having to beat Dallas, wouldn't you think that we try to you know go after uh, the guy down in Atlanta? And, oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, 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 would you to go after Hall? Well, uh, I don't know. You know, Andy's always kept a a clean locker room, a quiet locker room, and I don't know if D'Angelo Hall really. He, really does, he, does, he doesn't mold. want to go through another T.O. episode. Well, you yeah. know what, and, and, and you know, guys, you know, Andy, he may have to make some adjustments. And I don't know if Andy wants to make those adjustments, but there well, may he, have to be some adjustments made when it comes to some players in the league <laughs> to be successful. He did go after Randy Moss. I mean, they, he had a, reportedly had a two-hour conversation with Moss and tried to bring Randy Moss in. So I think he'd be willing to do it. But I guess, you know, if they knew that they had a good idea that they were going to sign Samuel and that was the guy that they wanted and scouted, Man, I could just imagine that. Well, Donovan McNabb is back. He's scrambling. He's looking. Randy's open. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
touchdown balls. <laughs> not going to happen, guys. Anyway. Uh, fantasy League. Fantasy. Listen, fantasy. Ne- next week, it'll not be fantasy. It'll be true and tri- tried. And in the Hall of Fame, Ozzie Newsom will be joining us next week. I want to thank you all for listening. This is Rail of Sports with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. And, of course, we got our correspondents, Jeff Mosher, out there from the East Coast. And, as always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. No kickers. I'm gonna no kickers. I'm Because I promise I'll be gone for a while. When you see me again, I hope that you have.